0: This in this room, anywhere else. It's on your
1: radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good? There you
2: go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras, I'm mother- <laughs> 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 what kind of show is this? My am listens to this show. The
3: Breakfast Club. With DJ M V. the captain of this bitch. With Angela Yee, the only one who can keep these guys in check. With Salomon the God. I'm a boy. So, And this is The Breakfast Club,
1: bitches.
2: Yo, 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 Good morning,
4: Angela Yee.
3: Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God.
4: Peace to the planet is Thursday. And shout to everybody in Toronto. What up, Toronto?
5: Six, fix,
4: all right. Now Charlamagne, um What's happening? you don't sound like your usual self. You wanna um I know it's a difficult time. You wanna explain to people because people will probably understand, like, damn, that ain't the the, the usual yo 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 You know, that ain't the, the usual Charlemagne we got.
6: Um uh, I don't know if I'll I, I do not know if I'm I, I don't know if I'm ready to talk, talk, but I mean, you know, yeah, rest in peace to the homie um Jasmine Waters, mm-hmm. aka Jazz Fly. Um Got the news yesterday around one thirty East Coast time that she passed away. Mm-hmm. Very good partner of mine. If you have, if you you know listen to the you know brilliant Idiots podcast, the podcast I do, she was actually the first ever guest on the podcast. Period, and been on the podcast a few times, but just a a, a homie. You know what I mean? Somebody that mm-hmm. um you know when it, when it was time to go to war or, or, or time to you know uh, bounce some. Bounce some ideas around, or just you know somebody to um, to kind of talk me off the ledge a lot of the times. Right, she, she was she was a person I would definitely go to. Jazz always knew what to say and how to say it. Hell of a wordsmith, one of the Absolutely. greatest writers ever. Like I, you know, I'm on record saying that a, a, a million times. Like I just, I in, in in my mind, she was um, you know, whatever Shonda Rhymes was or has become. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of those she was she was one of those, like she was really 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 on her way, so i was um i was I was devastated to hear that news yesterday,
4: yeah she's been on the breakfast club, I believe as well uh, i'm not I, I'm trying to club remember if she was and, um, she, she sat in yeah, on the breakfast was. club a couple of times, but I think at least she was on her. Breakfast
6: Club. yeah yeah she has been on breakfast club, but she used to you know just come to the studio and kick it mm-hmm. you know, she just she'd be up there kicking it with me or whatever but that's a, yeah, that one um. That would that that hurt different. That that hit different. That hit different. It hurt different. Yeah, that one that one uh that one that one has me um really thinking about a lot of things. Twenty twenty has been a wild year. The past couple of years have been a wild year. But you know it's like when you are already emotionally and mentally and spiritually exhausted just because of you know the the world that we're in. When you get that type of news on type of everything else that's going on, it's like Trauma on type on top of trauma, so that's how I feel today. I feel like a new day, same old trauma, but yeah, that that one,
4: that one hurts mm. in a real way. But so well, definitely rest in peace, peace, Jasmine Jasmine peace, Jazz Fly, Waters. Mm-hmm, Jasmine Waters, and condolences to her family. Oh definitely man,
6: condolences to her family, condolences mm-hmm. to her brother, her sister, her mom. Yeah, father. I talked to her brother yesterday. Mm -hmm. spoke to her sister for a second yesterday talked to her mom this morning but yeah it sucks yeah really does really 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 sucks
4: all right well again rest in peace to jasmine jazz fly oh man all right well today ebony k williams will be joining us uh yep Of course, you know, she's an attorney. We're going to be talking about everything from...
3: And she's on State of the Culture.
4: She's on State of the Culture. We're going to be talking about a lot. Uh, We're going to be talking about the officers that we charge. We're going to be talking about defunding the police. We're going to be talking about political things. So we're going to talk to Ebony K. Williams in a little bit. And we got Front Page News popping off. What are we talking about in Front Page News?
3: We'll be talking about a second wave of coronavirus and what places where it hit the hardest.
4: All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
3: Morning, everybody. It's DJ
4: Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news.
3: Where are we starting? Well, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred is guaranteeing there will be a 2020 season. So get ready for that. They're trying to figure out finances, basically. So we'll give you uh, some more updates. Now, a second wave of coronavirus has hit Florida, Texas, and Arizona after reopenings. And according to the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, Eric Toner said there is a new wave coming in parts of the country. It's small and it's distant distant so far, but it's coming. Florida, they reported new cases of the deadly illness and more than than any other seven-day period. In Texas, hospitalizations went up 6.3%. That's the largest daily increase since the pandemic even started. And in Arizona, new cases uh, have also reached an all-time high on June 2nd.
4: I think that was expected. I think we expected that. I don't think anybody didn't expect that when people started going out and you start getting in close, you know, quarters with people, yeah, it's going to spread. It's going to spread more. But well, they said but it,
3: in some places it hasn't though. They can't figure out why. In Georgia, infections have dropped in California as well.
6: You think it's because they're doing more testing? Since since since, since everybody reopened, they've been doing more testing, so that testing shows more cases?
3: I don't know cuz they they haven't talked about the increase in testing, so not sure what the correlation is. But they said they haven't found a direct relationship between states reopening and the increased cases according to the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Yes, they still exist. But, um, yes, yeah, so they're trying to figure that out. Now, Donald Trump is going to be going back out to do his rallies. And the first place he's going to is going to be Tulsa, Oklahoma on Junete- Juneteenth. So June 19th, he'll be there. And obviously, Tulsa, Oklahoma, was uh, once a thriving African-American business community, and it was Mm -hmm. decimated back in 1921 when a racist white mob killed hundreds of black residents.
6: Right. Yep, all because they were a thriving black community, all because they wanted to stop black black progress, all because they wanted to stop black prosperity. The same country that, you know, uh, tells you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. As soon as you get some boots, they cut your feet off. And that's exactly what they did in um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's doing that on Juneteenth. Coincidence? I think not.
3: No, definitely, absolutely not a coincidence. You know, he made the announcement as he was meeting with some African-American supporters of his for a roundtable discussion. So, clearly done purposely. At the same time, unless, he's also opposing efforts to... Mm-hmm.
6: No, I said unless he's going there because he wants to give that... Um, You know, that that, that race speech that they've been contemplating whether he should give or not in light of everything that's happening with George Floyd. Because what Donald Trump wants to do is make a play for male African-American voters because he feels like if he gets in the double digits with male African-American voters, he will win in November.
3: Now, at the same time, Donald Trump is opposing efforts to remove Confederate commanders' names from military bases. He said he opposes any effort by the U.S. military to rename the nearly one dozen major bases and installations that have the names of Confederate military commanders. That would include uh, places like Fort Bragg in North Carolina, Fort Hood Mm -hmm. in Texas, Fort A.P. Hill in Virginia. And even though they are uh, open to having these conversations with the, mil- the military bases are open to having these bipartisan conversations, Donald Trump is saying he is opposing those efforts.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, uh, I'm, from, I'm from Monk's Corner, South Carolina, born in Charleston, but, you know, um, I've been having conversations with the mayor about, you know, removing Confederate memorials and things of that nature, and they actually have something called the uh, Heritage Act mm-hmm. that protects certain monuments and memorials. So if they're on like private land or if there's some type, some part of the, some, some, if, they're, if, on, if they're on some type of private land and they're some part of the Confederate, then they, they, they can't be removed without a vote or something like that. I don't know, but we're working on it because there's no better way to uphold white supremacy than to continue to celebrate white supremacy.
4: I know Virginia was Virginia was like that crazy. Like Virginia when I went to school at Hampton University, that's all you seen was Confederate flags. That's the first time I really started to see them cuz you know, me being in New York, you you don't ever see them. I don't I don't think you you ever seen it growing up in New York nope. City. But when I went Only to had Hampton, a Dukes
3: Virginia,
4: of yeah, but when I went to to Hampton, oh my goodness. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad day, bad night. Or maybe everything is positive and you just want to vent a little bit. Whatever it may be, phone lines are wide open. Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club.
7: Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello,
4: who's this? Hey, good morning, man. My name is Moose from The Vlogs. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest.
8: Christian man, as a white man, right? I, I'm born and raised in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I want to say that, that the whole racism thing, it, we have to stop looking at it as a black problem. We need to look at it as a human problem, what it really is. You know what I mean?
4: It is a black problem, brother. I mean, it, it is a no, black, black problem. The, pro- the thing is, black people are the ones that's getting killed by the hands no, of police and the hands I'm of others. Is,
8: what I'm saying is, as a white man, as a uh, uh, we need to stop looking at it as just that. We need to look at it as a human problem. This thing is it, 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 it's, it's genocide, man. They, they, they kill black and brown doing left and right. You know what I mean? That's it, not right, man.
6: It is a human problem, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, black people cannot destroy a system that we didn't create. So when it comes to the system of white supremacy and systemic racism that's keeping its uh its, right. its knee on all of our necks, white people have to help dismantle that. Absolutely.
4: Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is a horse from Queens, man. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest.
8: Yeah, I got a big problem, we got a, man. We, We've, had a,
6: moose, yell, we've had a moose and a horse call up already.
8: Mm-hmm. Just all point right. That out. Yeah, everybody's always yelling out, man, you know what I'm saying, all these good cops out here. When a black person get arrested, they don't talk about all the good black people out here. We ain't talk about the good cops. We talk about these bad ones, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The issues of a thousand good cops. All right. What about a thousand good black brothers? You know what I'm saying? We don't talk about that. Let's get the issue is that, man. The issue is these bad cops, man. You know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. a lot of them out there doing whatever they want. You know what I'm saying? With a p- supreme authority out here. Okay. I brother issue, that. All righty, brother. Yeah. Be safe he out there. Yeah. Get it off your chest. 800
4: 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
7: The Breakfast Club. <laughs> your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club.
2: Hello, who's this? This is Lili. Hey, Lili, get it off your chest. Lili. Hey, Breakfast Club, y'all guys are great. I have something on my tip. I live in Louisville, Georgia, and we have an actual slave market where they bought and sold slaves. And we have a petition going around to get it removed. We have people that don't want to have removed saying it's part of our history. I'm not understanding mm. why oh we're every
3: single day, going downtown, I, through town, through the heart of that. Definitely wouldn't want
2: to see that.
6: That's crazy. You know, it was so crazy growing growing up in South Carolina. Some, you know, I always felt like I never saw, um, I never experienced overt racism just because a person never called me the n-word. So I always thought it was covert. when you live in a town where you do see Confederate flags all over state monuments, our highways and schools are named after segregationists and racist racists. That's overt racism.
2: Exactly. It's just ridiculous. You got people saying that it's part of our history. We need to be able to see We need to be able to tell our kids about where we came from. We, I didn't come from that. Who
3: are these That's people right. saying that?
2: We white have people. a petition. It's online. <laughs> exactly. No, we, not more, not just them. Not just white people. We have black people that say it needs to stay there. Mm. Wow. And they petitioned that several that, that, times. And we have one going around now trying to get it removed.
6: Well, you know, that love of masses is deep. Some of these Negroes love, love their master more than they love their fellow black man or woman.
2: We call them yet people. Yes, we have people. a whole community that disagree with everything,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I just had to get it out of my chest. Like I said, we have a okay. position um, Please look up the link to try to sign it for us and help us out. All right.
9: Well, thank you. Get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. How y'all
4: doing? It's Rico. Rico, what's up? Rico. Get it off your chest, bro. Not
9: much. Uh, good morning, Angela Yee, Charlemagne. How y'all doing?
3: Good. How are you, Rico? Uh, I'm
9: doing all right. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I just wanted to call. Um, I'm a young black man. I live in Florida. I have a small business. It's thriving. It's doing pretty good. So uh, I'm just happy about that. Um, I've been doing my thing. I've been studying on uh, the stock market and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Nice. Um, I've been looking into uh, getting into stock. So I'm just proud and just want to uh, spread some positivity.
3: Okay. What's your small business?
9: Uh, I have a uh, landscaping business. Oh, that's dope. Oh yeah, and it's it's been uh it's been very busy. So uh, and I'm actually uh, planning on expanding and um, even looking into uh, hiring uh, some employees. So I'm just I'm proud of myself, you know. And I hope you're right. having a great day as well.
3: Thank all you. Righty, we brother, appreciate you. you. Too, Congrats on your business uh, doing well, and I think it's dope you're getting into the stock market. I was looking at my stocks yesterday, and that was depressing. But I just stopped looking at it for a little while.
6: All right. Well, get it off your I'm, chest. I'm, 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 I, I, I looked. I looked at
4: mine a couple of days ago, and I wasn't depressed. No, not mine either. I, I, I did good with Boeing. I, well, anyway, get it off your chest. I don't 800- know what I did good with. 585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit uh, can us I, up.
6: Hold, wait, I, I want to get something off my chest. I am not doing I right this morning. My mind is not on radio right now. I'm going to be honest with you. My mind is not on radio. I am mentally and emotionally and physically exhausted. I need to do like two hours of therapy. I really can't even think straight. I just want everybody out there to guard their energy. And please, please, please take care of your mental health. I have never in my life been more dedicated to helping people who have mental health issues. But to sit here and act like uh, I'm okay this morning is not going to work. I am not okay. I am grieving. I am mourning. I am confused. And uh, I just want to say rest in peace to Jasmine Waters. AKA Jazz Fly. All right. I need to get that out. I had to get that out.
4: So I wish so I was I can, there. I could give you a big hug, brother. I, I wants me to give you a hug man, through the phone, up. brother. I, I want to no hug from you. From you. I want to hug you. No goddamn hug. Not oh, hug. let me hug you. I want no goddamn Just hug. put your hands out. Put your arms out, brother. What is wrong with put you? Put your arms out. I love you. You really want to take advantage of me at a moment like this? I'm just, just saying, saying I love disgusting. you, brother. I love you. Say you love me back. Come on, say it. Let me hear it. I do
6: love you. I do love you. There you go.
4: i love you too. Give me hug. Just act like it. All right. Aye, we
6: got rumors on the way. I, I just, I, yeah, I just mm-hmm. can't sit here and act like I'm okay when I'm not okay. I really can't. That'd be, it'd be, it's too fake. All right. Rest whoa. in peace, Jasmine
4: Waters. Yeah, we got rumors on the way.
3: Yes, we are going to be discussing uh, somebody who says that when she was six years old and she's a reality show star, she was chased by the Ku Klux Klan. All
4: right, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning,
7: the Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee rumor has it. Rumor, rumor. on The Breakfast Club. Listen up. Nah, nah, nah,
3: nah. Well, LeBron has partnered with other athletes and entertainers to start a group that's going to protect the voting rights of African-Americans. According to The New York Times, who spoke to him on the phone, the organization is called More Than a Vote. And they're going to pair up with other voting organizations and work to help to get African-Americans to register to vote and to cast their ballot in November. He said, because of everything that's going on, people are finally starting to listen to us. We feel like we're finally getting a foot in the door. How long is up to us? We don't know, but we feel like we're getting some ears and some attention. And this is the time for us to finally make a difference. We want you to go out and vote, but we're also going to give you the tutorial. We're going to give you the background of how to vote and what they're trying to do the other side to stop you from voting. Other people who have joined to help out the organization include Jalen Rose, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Trey Young. Um, so that's a great thing that's Absolutely. happening. Also, Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams, has, who has Fair Fight, also advocated for fair elections. And she said, we look forward to working with LeBron and other professional athletes in More Than a Vote to stop voter suppression and protect the right to vote for black voters across the country.
6: I mean, that's a, that's a great cause, but it's not mm-hmm. that black people don't want to vote. It's just that you have to give black people something to vote for. People are not, you know, uh, they, they're not into the voting process because they feel like, you know, these these Democrats, especially when it comes to the presidential candidates, haven't done anything for their communities. Like, it's really just that simple. Like, we got to stop putting the burden on people to vote and start putting the burden on Democrats to give voters something to vote for. If you energize people they coming out, we show we've shown that time and time again. You just got to energize the black community. That's it. Give us something to vote for.
3: Well, I think you can do both. You can encourage people to go out and vote. Some people like Snoop or um, I think it was Offset just voted for the first time because they didn't even know they could vote. And then what we saw just happened in Georgia. People did go try and vote and there were all kinds of issues with standing in line for hours. Locations were closing. People had difficulty with machines. Sometimes it's just the technical part of it as well. So anything that you yeah, can do not, to make sure.
6: I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I know they go out and vote. I'm just saying, you, when, when you motivate black people, they come out in droves. Look at Don, uh, uh, Barack Obama in 2012. 93% of African Americans voted for Barack Obama. 93%! If you give us something to, to feel like we're motivated to vote for, we're coming out in droves.
3: Right, and, and voting didn't is come not out in just... 2016,
6: we weren't motivated.
3: And also, voting is not just about the president, but as you know, people are voting in the primary. So i got to make sure that we always keep that energy going and always educate people on what's happening even right now to try to stop you from wanting to vote. Absolutely. All right, now Portia Williams has revealed that she was chased by the Ku Klux Klan when she was only six years old, and her father, who was the legendary Hosea Williams, civil rights activist, uh, was there with her, and she went to her first march when she was six, and here's what else she told Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. Being the granddaughter of a civil rights leader, where I was about six years old when I went to uh, my first march, and it was here in Georgia for South, Forsyth County, and I was smacked in the face with racism. We came across Ku Klux Klan, who decided they were going to protest our protest, and they threw
1: rocks at us. I actually got hit with one. They chased us back to the buses and called us the N-word, and any other thing you can imagine, the KKK would be calling us.
3: Mm. Yeah, imagine that. She said they were throwing rocks at them. She got hit by a rock. That's and crazy. all of that. So, mm-hmm. They also had a Bravo Amplify Our Voices panel, and they and she was on that panel as well. All who right, the Grammys. The
4: you know who else was on the panel?
3: She was on with uh, Candy mm-hmm. and Giselle Bryant from The Real Housewives of Potomac.
4: Okay.
3: Or uh, Potomac, I think that's how you said it. All right, the Potomac. Grammys is going to drop the word urban from the awards categories, and they're going to stop using it now. So... This is uh, them trying to launch a new chapter in their history. The prize for best urban contemporary album is now the best progressive R&B album. If you guys recall, Tyler, the creator, had said last year that he didn't like he didn't like hey. the term urban. Here's What's what he had to say:
8: On one side, I'm very grateful that uh, what I made could just be, you know, uh, acknowledged in a world like this. But also, it sucks that. Whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre-bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rap or urban category. And I don't like that urban word. It's just a politically correct way to say the N-word to me. So wh- when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we just be in pop? Half of me feels like the, the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment.
6: First of all, there's nothing wrong with, with the rap uh, unless, of course, you aren't making rap music. In Tyler's case, I understand why he feels like that. If he isn't just making rap, he he, he may not want to be nominated as a, as a rapper. But if you started as a rapper, even if you explore other genres of music, aren't you still a rapper just doing other types of music? Yes. I think they should find a way to categorize I... the music, not the artists. I think that's what they do a lot of times. They don't categorize. They categorize the the artists when they should be categorizing the music. Like if there's a guy that's a rapper, like say when Andre 2000 made the Love Below, or when Kanye mm-hmm. made 808 and the Heartbreaks, they were rappers who explored other genres of music they should categorize the music not the artist
3: well best urban contemporary album is about the music more than the artist because it's about that particular album and if that album is not a hip-hop album or it's not an r&b album and it's in a different genre i think he feels like it's just instead of saying pop you know people just because they're black get put in to the urban category
4: but what is progressive contemporary music that sounds stupid.
3: Well, progressive R and B album is the category.
6: That's gonna be the name of uh, Bernie Sanders' R and B album when he drops. Yeah. <laughs> the progressive, the progressive R and B album. That's what That's, that is. You'll see to drop R and B album. It's gonna be the progressive uh, R and B album from the Bronx. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Progressive R and B sounds crazy. What is
3: All right. Well, I'm R&B. Angela Yee, and going, that is your rumor report.
4: Yo, what you got on your progressive R and B playlist, son? Oh uh, man, right now I got that new Bernie man, the burn. What you got on yours?
6: Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to progressive R&B. It's not my thing. It's not
4: your thing? <laughs> it, go, it goes a little too far left for me. Stupid. Yeah, we got uh, front page news coming up. What are we talking about?
3: Progressiveness, basically. <laughs> no, actually, this is definitely not progression. We're going to talk about two black teenagers in Oklahoma who were arrested for jaywalking.
4: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. Where we starting, Yee?
3: Two teenagers in Oklahoma were arrested, and now they have sparked an investigation. After videos showed the police were handling them very aggressively, one of the teenagers was being held onto the ground as he was saying, I can't breathe. The police did release body cam footage. It's in Tulsa. On June 4th, police jumped out of their patrol car to confront them for jaywalking, and the situation escalated. The first teen is apprehended. His friend is saying, why are you choking him? All he was doing was jaywalking. And then one officer responded, we just want to talk with him. Then he had to act a fool like that. The 20-minute video shows an officer remained on top of the teenager who lay on his stomach even after he was handcuffed. And the teenager is begging the officer to please stop touching him, but the officer's hands remain placed on the teen. And repeatedly, he's pulling on his pants, grabbing his legs and crotch. And then the officers repeated to the teenagers that they broke the law because they jaywalked. That's crazy. Is that
6: People ridiculous? Still enforce
4: jaywalking
3: tickets? That, that is I didn't crazy. Know
6: they still enforce jaywalking tickets.
4: I know they they enforce a, the a lot in California. A lot in California, they enforce it. I mean, you you couldn't possibly enforce it in New York, but I know they do it a lot in Cali. Now the oh, teenager was handcuffed jaywalker.
3: first and was forced into a police car. He was yelling at profanities. He called the officers evil and racist and said that they arrested him because he's black. And he kept yelling, call my mama, call my mama. He said, because I'm black, I'm a criminal. And then he screamed out, black lives matter. And then the other teenager was let go. So now the this only is problem with investigation. That, mm-hmm.
6: The only problem with that is jaywalking really is illegal, but it's really just a sucker, uh, a sucker rule to enforce. Like when the last time a cop gave somebody a jaywalking ticket? Like you gotta And how really about just be- give somebody be- a ticket? Do you, you have to arrest
3: somebody. them? Like, when no, do you, you get know. arrested for that? Can't they just give you a ticket? Yeah,
4: I thought they just give you a ticket. I don't know what like the why penalty is-, is for jaywalking. There should be a ticket if that. I, I feel,
6: feel like,
8: like I've jaywalked with, with the police before. Hmm?
4: I feel like I've jaywalked
6: with the police before.
3: I'm sure. All right. Well, George Floyd's brother was uh, uh, talking in front of Congress, Philonise Floyd. He made an appearance, and here's what he had to say about police reform and law enforcement overhaul.
8: People of all backgrounds, genders, and races have come together to demand
6: change. Honor them and make the necessary changes that make
8: law enforcement the solution and not the problem. Hold them accountable when they do something wrong, teach them what it means to treat people with empathy and respect. Teach them what necessary force is. Teach them that deadly force should be used rarely and only when life is at risk. George wasn't hurting anyone that day. He didn't deserve to die over $20. Yeah, yeah so. That's
3: facts. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then you hear this jaywalking story that got extremely aggressive for something like jaywalking. I think that's ridiculous. So he wants to make sure that his brother's name isn't just another name on the list and they want a whole law enforcement overhaul. And I think that makes uh, perfect sense. And Nancy Pelosi was there. uh, Kevin McCarthy was there. And there's, you know, there's this whole conversation now that people are having about defunding the police. So Mm -hmm. that was another uh, issue that was happening at the same time. All right. And NASCAR has banned Confederate flags at their races. And Bubba Wallace made a statement. Uh, he said, "The presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and the community that it creates is what makes our fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. So, that's a I think thing. that's good news."
6: Yeah, you can't dismantle this mechanism of white supremacy. You can't uh, break down the system of of systemic racism if you don't intentionally do it. Like these things have to be intentionally done. The same way that they were intentionally created, they have to be intentionally done, intentionally dismantled.
3: All right. And yesterday, the Louisville Metro Police Department released the incident report for the night of March 13th. That's when Breonna Taylor was killed by three plainclothes officers who used a battering ram to break into her apartment. She was shot eight times. And if you saw this, it's pretty much blank. Like most of the details on the incident report are blank. They have her name on there, a case number, the time and date of the shooting. But a lot of the details were left blank, including her date of birth. Blank is the section for injuries, and the section for forced entry is marked off as no, even though they used a battering ram to break down her door. So yesterday is when they, so they finally, rele- finally released that incident p- report, yes.
6: yeah. So they, so they said
3: it, it's mm. negligence, they said at best, and an attempt to avoid being held to an official document at worst. So it's either they just didn't care and didn't fill out the report because they were being negligent, or... It could also mean that they were trying to make sure that they cover
8: this up. Here's the
6: thing, though. Who holds them accountable for that when they're doing something so obvious? This is an obvious cover-up. We all know that they ran in the wrong house. They didn't have a warrant for that house. Right. They even dropped a charge against, against Brianna Taylor's boyfriend for shooting back at them. So who holds them accountable? Who holds them accountable for, number one, running into the wrong house, being negligent, and number two, clearly trying to cover their ass? Who holds them accountable?
3: Well, that's what needs to happen right now. The FBI is investigating, and, of course, their police department oh, is investigating the shooting, but they haven't even been arrested, and they haven't even been fired, and they haven't been charged Very hard with for me to believe. They're on administrative leave.
6: Very hard for me to believe that FBI is not big brother in this situation. It's all law enforcement. They would all look out for each other. I would think. I could be wrong, but I would mm-hmm. think that that's the way that, the way that goes, because, to me, if you fill out a report like that, you're clearly trying to cover your ass. And we all know you made a mistake, so you should be held accountable. You right. can't do negligence
4: and then turn around and try to cover your ass about it. Not
3: in all the right. case well, like, that yeah, somebody's dead. That is your front page news.
4: All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, uh, Ebony K. Williams will be joining us. Uh, you know her from State of the Culture. She's been on the show numerous times. She's an attorney. And we're going to talk to her about everything, all right? So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
7: The Breakfast Club.
4: Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne, the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. We have Ebony K. Williams.
10: Welcome back, sister. So good to see my family. What in up, y'all? Are doing important work, and I thank you for letting me join you. And congratulations to you, Ebony.
3: I see you have a new show on Revolt Black News. So it's going to come out I what do. twice
10: twice a week. Yeah, so we'll be twice weekly. Angela, we'll be Tuesday and Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific time, and it's gonna be a fantastic news hour, y'all. I mean, y'all know the best. We've been needing this. We've been needing news that takes our cultural vantage point and considers our interests, right, and collaborates that with uh, deep analysis and conversation. So it's gonna right. be it's gonna be dope, and I, I applaud. Uh, Puff, uh, the chairman, of course, of Revolt and the Revolt leadership team for really making this happen. Well,
7: let's Thank let's sure. get to some topics,
6: right? Like, I, I yeah. want to know why is defund the police such a trigger to people? Why are people so upset about that term?
10: Yeah, people are entirely triggered by it. And here's the thing: uh, we on on this uh, platform in this space doing the work that we do, we know what that means. When they mm-hmm. say defund the police, we know that doesn't mean dismantle the police. Mm-hmm. We know that simply means uh, the police are, uh, they are out of their lane with a lot of the the, the work that they're asked to do and sometimes take upon themselves to do. So all we're saying is take some of that, some of those millions, uh, and in the case of a, you know, a state and city like New York, it's billions. They got billion dollar budgets for police here. So we take some of those billions and millions and redistribute that that money elsewhere in the community so right. we can have what we've been promised so long, community policing, right? So that goes to schools, that goes to community centers, that goes to after-school programs. So it takes some of that uh, responsibility, if you will, off of police, because they're really not supposed to be doing a lot of that part of it anyway. Uh, they need to worry about enforcing laws and let communities take care of, themselves. Because
3: defund people think that means take away all the funds because that eradicate. is kind of right. yeah. what it means. And what I love was what Chance the Rapper, he said, well, they defund the education system all the time. So they I don't do. see why this is what yeah. people are
10: upset about. But I understand what but you're But they saying. don't call it that. Yeah, right. But they don't call it. See, they don't call it that because mm-hmm. people say we don't defund Social Security, they wouldn't get elected. If people said they going to defund uh, Medicare, you know, so people, what do they, what do they say instead? We're going to lower taxes right so perhaps that would be the messaging point here right what if we said we would like to save people money all the citizens of america <laughs> would like to lower your taxes uh, by by redistributing the funds for law enforcement people would probably buy that
4: don't you think right. it's crazy that we don't even know where the money goes like we pay the six billion because it comes from our taxpayers money but we don't necessarily know where this six billion dollars goes isn't it weird that they don't open up the books and say hey this is where the money's going?
10: Well, it's not weird because a lot of the money is going into their pockets. Oops, did I say that out loud on this platform? Here's the thing, Envy. Um, you're hitting to exactly why, personally, I have extremely conservative fiscal policy politics. Um, I think the government has been a steward of our money since inception. I, I think we spend billions and millions in ways that we'll never see, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's our roads and highways, our schools hardly publicly are hitting our shit. You know, we're we're spending money there, but we're not seeing a result. We're spending money on, like you said, billions of dollars on military-grade equipment and all this shit. It's it's nuts. So that's a whole nother conversation about uh, politics based in, uh, really, financial money grabs. You're asking for billions and billions, trillions of dollars from us as taxpayers. That's our money. That's our hard-earned money. Y'all be taking a good 40% of my income and doing what with it exactly? I don't like the return. I don't like the return. You're in a high tax bracket, I can tell. They take 40%? I'm actually in the worst tax bracket, Angela, because I make just enough money to be in the worst bracket, but not enough money to start getting advantage of all of the highest, highest, the millionaire, the multimillionaire brackets, Right. where now they're getting tax breaks beyond belief. And those people really end up paying closer to 22%. That's crazy. Um, And it's crazy. And it's crazy.
6: Yeah, you, know, you, you spoke about messaging, which I think is very important. Why yeah. can't Democrats get their messaging, right? And this is what I mean by that. When you ask mm-hmm. Joe Biden about defund the police, I think he got it wrong. I think Senator Harris got it perfectly. Senator Harris explained it the way you explained it. Donald mm-hmm. Trump took that defunding the police and said they wanted to defund the police. They want to abolish the police. Two different right. things. But it worked. Why did that stick more than what, what Senator Harris said or Joe Biden said?
10: Well, the answer is cognitive dissonance, which is a, a way in which people believe what they want to believe. And if you give them just an itch, so that's what Trump does. He did it in his campaign. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Deport the Mexicans. And by that, you know, he says, I just mean the murderers and the rapists and the drug dealers. But we saw when it went into actual action, that wasn't who was being deported at all. Mm-hmm. You're deporting children. You're deporting, you know, people that have paid money into our tax system for 30 years. You're deporting people that served in our United States military. But the messaging was so strong, and it's what his base wanted to hear, that it worked. Um, so, you know, Biden, messaging ain't his strength, Charlemagne. What what you want me to say? <laughs> it ain't his strength. <laughs> well, Ebony, another, since we're talking about messaging, right, another thing that
3: you spoke about, and I saw you speaking on this, is the hold your vote hostage Mm. and the the messaging behind that. So I want you to explain what you said about
10: why it is important for us to not put out that type of messaging. Indeed, indeed, sis. So I I personally, I really hate that messaging. And I think it's extremely problematic. I think it's extremely dangerous for two reasons. I'll start with the basic premise uh, that folks in general, and so that includes us as Black folks, we don't want to go vote at the polls no way. We already don't want to do that. So uh, all people need is that reason. So if they get to say idols, uh, like my brother here, Charlemagne, and idols like uh, my boss at Revolt, uh, Puff, and, and other major credible leaders in our community are giving them, using my term here, an excuse to stay at home anyway, not have to go out and don't let it be raining on election day. You know I ain't trying to get out there. You know, so then they get to say, ah, don't gotta go anyways. We, we're, we're having a, a substantive boycott on the issue, and and just like in 2016, when as you talked about this recently, Charlamagne uh, on MSNBC, over four million people stayed home, stayed home, and, and we see the devastating. And a third of them were black. And Michelle Obama spoke about this in her documentary Becoming. Mm-hmm. She's really mad at us. And so damn, that's what happens when we, to me, abandon our post. That's what we did in 2016. We got to do some backtracking just to get to where we were. Uh, it can be done, but it's not going to be done with no messages talking about a hold your vote hostage and, and, and boycott the ballot. That ain't going to do it. Second thing I have with you, Ange, is unpopular opinion. Black people make a huge difference in elections. That is correct, Charlemagne. Don't for one mis- second mistake that as political power. That is not political power. Let me tell you what political power is, Char. Political power is when you can pick up the telephone and you can call your sitting U.S. senator, your sitting U.S. congressman, your sitting mayor, your sitting governor, your sitting United States president, and they take your call and act. Why? Not because you voted for them, because that's really a kind of back-end transaction, the voting part. Nah, they pay attention to and they are politically powered by Front end transactions. Front end mm-hmm. transactions is funding their campaigns from its onset. The NRA has political power. You know, we black folks, we love to pay our tithes and we should do that. But the Jewish community members, I know y'all treat APAC like it's tidy. They pay it like it's a bill because they know their political life and their community interests depend on it.
4: Hi, right, we have more with Ebony K. Williams. When we come back, so don't move, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking in with Ebony K. Williams. Charlamagne?
6: What about regular, everyday people who just want to leverage their vote? Or what if regular, everyday people decided, you know what, I'm going to form my own political party. Black people are going to have their own party like the Tea Party and we're going to vote in blocks. Because everybody not rich. Everybody can't donate money. To people.
10: No, no, no. But you know what we can do? We could donate $50 to a PAC, Charlemagne. We should be talking about PACs. So, so creating
6: money. a black PAC for creating your own party.
10: Here's the thing about creating your own party. I'm just going to be candid with you. Um, I, I would love to see the day in theory that we can have an independent third party. Because, you know, I'm an independent. I've been one for over 10, 15 years because uh, I don't really like either one of these parties. We've had this conversation. But these parties, they're too big to fail. The infrastructure behind both the Republican and Democratic Party is 100 years old. They've got a trillion dollars, and the infrastructure is, is too big to fail. So a third party will always just be symbolic. That's the truth when it comes to political power play. I—I My recommendation, y'all, for black political power to take that electoral influence that we do have at the polls, don't give it up by boycotting a vote that's not smart, because then they're going to say, well, damn, black people aren't giving us no money. Black people aren't turning out to vote in general, because you're not going to get, even if black people did what, you know, you're, you're potentially suggesting, Char, we didn't go vote for Biden. Most of us are not about to go vote for Trump. So now we just take ourselves out of the equation. And you best believe that train moving forward with well, or without us. I'm
6: not telling people not to vote. What I'm saying is what you're essentially saying. We have to find a way to get something for our vote. You gotta demand something for your vote because if you vote for a party ninety percent of the time mm-hmm. and you talk about going back to where we were, where's the black community going back to? Black community black community been in shambles. All
10: these under. Yeah, but Uh-oh.
3: another thing another thing, Ebony, exactly. you pointed out was also talking about just the legislation and just the judges and all of that. That's also yeah. what Donald Trump yeah. has
10: done while he's in
3: power yeah. and the people so that appointed.
10: My- That's my answer to you, Charlemagne. Angela just gave it to you. Where are black people going back to? All of that. And that matters to me more than anything you're going to do in four or eight years. Those federal appointments are lifetime, y'all. And they make decisions about everything from schools to prison to uh, church, freedom, religion. All the basic tenets of our society are are actually controlled and, and dictated to us through the United States Supreme Court and other federal courts, federal appellate courts, federal district courts. So yeah, maybe, it's, yeah very hard, courts. it's
6: very hard to convince black people in the hood that they can vote their way out of their circumstances because they've never seen it. doesn't matter. But they,
10: they can't. I actually agree with you on that. Now, that's what we agree, my friend. We cannot vote our way, and that's what I'm saying. That's The voting is simply a starting point. It is when I submit to you, we should not and cannot afford to give up. But I really want to get back to this pact because to me, that's the only thing we haven't done yet that I think really could make a difference. So
4: now let me ask you a question, right? Let, let's say, like, what Charlemagne and Diddy said. Like, you know what? Hold on, Joe Biden. We're not just gonna be black and just say, because you're Democrat, we're gonna vote for you. Let's, let's see what you're gonna do for our community first. Let's let let's take a step back. I almost feel like, as a community, like what the Jewish community would do, we take a step back and say, hold on, bro. You ain't got our vote yet. What are you gonna do for our community? You look at all these other places, you talk about NRA. They take care of the NRA. They take care of yeah. Planet They take care of the NYPD, the, the police commissions and all those, but they never take care of us. They,
10: they haven't even, at because least. We're not in the game. Right. You need to be able to pick up you that call, call, and make that call, just like the NRA will make a call. Everybody can't do that, though. Y'all, y'all, everybody yes, we that. yes, we can. Yes, we can. Okay, okay. Pause, pause everybody for two seconds. I hear you, and I hear you loud and clear, and you're all making excellent points. That's where I push back. Envy, you're right. The reason why they don't—they take care of those people and they don't never take care of us. They don't never take care of us. We all agree on that because we're not even in the game. That's what y'all, I want you to really get that sharp. We think we're in the game because we show up and we vote religiously, but we're not in the game. Voting doesn't get you in the game. It's, it's It's only influence. It's not power. And I disagree that we can't do what these communities do. There is a lot of black, not just wealth, of course, there's individuals in the Black community. We have Black billionaires. They can mm-hmm. write those big $20 million checks to get us Correct. started. But that's not really what's going on in APAC. That's not really what's going on in Planned Parenthood. What's happening is everyday people that are deeply passionate about uh, re- women's reproductive rights mm-hmm. and deeply passionate about Israel or deeply passionate about their jobs as police officers or their jobs as teachers, they're giving $2,000 a year. Religiously, they might, you know, they're giving $50 a month religiously, but they're doing it to Envy's point in an organized fashion.
6: Listen, we can't act like collective pressure hasn't changed the conversation. Oh, no. Joe Biden's been talking about race. Joe Biden's been talking about race a lot more. He's been saying how you want to dismantle systemic racism. Uh, Now, that conversation about having a black woman running mate is a real thing at the forefront because up until about a few weeks ago, it was all about claiming Amy
10: Klobuchar. Yuck. Um uh yeah, no, no, no. Listen, I'm not mad. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not mad at 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 the at the pressure. I like the pressure. Keep the keep the block hot. And we right. need to keep the block hot after this moment that we're in right now, right? So we agree about that. I just I simply was saying that's to me that, that's I hope that was a bluff tactic and I think it's worked in our favor. But to actually stay home on November third, we can't do that.
6: Well, well no, we can't you're do right. That. But here's the problem, this what scares me. If you mm-hmm. look at 2016, this looks very similar to 2016. We still don't know how Trump won then. Double digit. No, y'all, no,
10: no, no, y'all don't know how Trump won. I came on y'all's show as soon as that went down, and I told you I knew because I was inside the building over there at Fox News. I knew they were they were organized. They had a they had a singular voting interest. Y'all heard about single issue voters? Mm-hmm. Trump was elected because of millions and millions and millions and millions of white people across this country that had a single issue. You know what it was? to keep their knee on our necks as black people, as Hispanic people, and anybody else that is not uh, of their birthright of whiteness and therefore superiority in America. And Trump ran on that. He ran on that, it, y'all. You know Publicly, what else they, unapologetically. And they voted on that issue. That's how you won. I knew he was going to win. You
6: know what else they did good that nobody paid attention to? Well, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure they did, and you did, because you probably he was over there. But for eight years, they demonized Barack Obama. Yeah, made it seem like yeah. he was un-American. He was the end of democracy, and we were so happy about Obama. We weren't paying attention to what was getting riled up on the other side. Right. but they wasn't. Right. They definitely wasn't going for no more black people, and definitely wasn't going for a woman after Barack. They
10: wasn't going for no. They wasn't going for anybody that wasn't aggressively upholding and violently enforcing the status quo of black subordination. Women staying in their place and white men maintaining their, their implicit power structure in America. Barack Obama said there's a new place for black men in America, and it's in the White House. And these white folks weren't having it. Ebony, what are your predictions for November? Mm. I was feeling good, Angela. And then you said that. Um, well, listen, I, I think anything's possible in all sincerity. I do, I do think anything's possible. I'm a woman of faith. I think when, and I do believe he will, because I think he knows he really has to. I don't think Joe Biden uh, is a dumb man. And I think he recognizes this moment. And I think he has some brilliant black women on his team, including uh, my sister, Simone Sanders, who is going to tell him. He really don't have a choice at this point if he wants any kind of black voter turnout, but to put a black woman on that ticket with him. Yeah, he he got to. He got to. He got to. Uh, Even if he don't want to, it don't matter. He got to. Otherwise, it's gonna be 2016 all over again to Shars Point. We will stay home.
4: All right, we got more with Ebony K. Williams when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking in with Ebony K. Williams. You're a public defender, right? I and was. You prosecuted a lot of cases.
10: How I defended a lot of cases. Defending a
4: lot of cases. How mm-hmm. difficult would it be to prosecute the killers of George Floyd, those four officers? How it's
10: difficult be, it's, it's going to be? I, I'm going to tell y'all it's going to be extremely hard. Don't don't even get your hopes up. And and so Kamala <laughs> said essentially the same thing on the View just a couple wow. of days ago. I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. And I told I already told you this, Emmy. You want you I, I love you, Emmy. I told you this already back in 2018. Because mm-hmm. even though we have the cameras uh, and we all saw what happened, the current statute that that dictates deadly force for officers, simply requires it to be deemed reasonable. You know, and and that's, that's open to any kind of interpretation. I'm actually, and I'm so excited to share this with you, this was the main reason I was so looking forward to joining y'all today. In addition to what Corey and, and Sora Kamala have put out, which is important and I want people to really make noise about that, but the reality is that packaging is, is very comprehensive, it's extremely broad, and it has zero bipartisan support. Not, not a single bad. Republican. It's it's not getting passed and 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 it's just not they can Listen, use it as a marketing can't.
6: tool though they should use it but, to and,
10: and that's important court, yeah, to get, they won't pass it. look look what look what i'm doing look what we're doing they won't pass it but keep applying the pressure so that when and this is really how politics are played and it's brilliant um it can be very effective so what they're doing is extremely important and necessary for the work that i'm, I'm involved in so right now i'm working with a very experienced legislative team. Uh, and, you you, you know, we, you're, you're aware of this work, Charlemagne. You know, you know exactly what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is drafting similar legislation, but that is much more specific, mm-hmm. not nearly as broad. It, and it speaks exactly, like, like I was like, I'm not even working with y'all if y'all don't get this peer on the paper. We are elevating the deadly force standard from one of uh, fear, reasonable fear, to necessity. Now the burden will be on the officers to prove that deadly force was necessary, absolutely objectively deemed by a reasonable officer officer standard necessary to use deadly force. And now when that is the law of the land envy, that is when we will see some kind of convictions for the killers of George Floyd. But right now it's not there. But we're working on it. I'm excited about it. We're trying to get it passed. We're literally drafting it with Democrat and uh, Republican co-sponsors. So that will be bought into the table. I told you this, y'all, you didn't want to hear it in 2018, but you appreciated my point, which is sad but true. Law enforcement has to be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So the legislation we're drafting, we're we're, we're getting, uh, if not full buy-in, consideration from law enforcement organizations across the country, particularly black law enforcement organizations. Because when we do this, y'all, it makes officers safer. That's the truth. Okay they get safer when they are accountable because the black community and, and, and other communities of color or, or, or oppression are not, we, we, there's more trust. There's more trust between the communities. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to work on it. It will be rolled out very soon. Uh, you will be hearing details, all of y'all about it and your audience and when it is rolled out, This is where I need people to step up. Because people have been DMing me. Char, you did me a huge favor, and I appreciate you so much, brother. You posted that 2018 video recently on your Instagram, and now I'm flooded with DMs. I'm going to tell you, what you need to do is when I come back here or, you know, relate it to y'all and you you guys relate it to your audience, and I tell you this is the legislation, make noise. Put it on social. Call your congressmen and women call your senators, literally. And and when there is a groundswell that looks like this protest movement that's going on right now, they will have no other choice but to pass because this will be our mandate. That's what it looks like. You said Mm -hmm.
6: something that's very important because, you know, it it, it does get frustrating when people act like certain folks aren't doing the work. So, like, just because you don't see us on the front lines at the protest doesn't mean that things aren't getting done because there's a lot of things moving that people have no idea. And by the way, that's the way I think black people, I think that's the way we should move. Keep we our have to move, move. Yeah. We, we, we
10: got to keep our heads down and do the work And that's important, that's so important, Sharon. I know every single one of us um, In this conversation is, is doing A lot behind the scenes
3: And I think yes. there's definitely space for different people To have different roles Some people will be on the front lines
10: Some people yeah. will be, move behind the scenes Yeah, yeah. Both of sister, those both sister, The work sister Tamika Mallory Is, is oh, doing man. is, is <laughs> transformative You know The, 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 the power of visibility Until freedom. And right now,
3: I spoke to her yesterday, and she can't even say where she is because she's getting so many death threats because
10: she is so visible. But she's so powerful. Doing the work. Powerful. Yeah, man. So so that that arm of it has to be in gear. Like, it's a process, y'all. Well, thank yeah. you, Ebony. We appreciate
3: you so much. I think, you I know, when you. Come on, when you come on this platform and you're able to speak about all these different things that might be confusing for some of us and bring some clarity, it is really beneficial and helpful. I and appreciate I know, it. as always, just so intelligent. Heart is in the right place. Excited for your new show on Revolt TV, Black thank News. Thank you. Congratulations. Love everything. Yeah. you.
10: I love everything you're doing, Angela. You are still, you know, so boss, so entrepreneurial, beyond the media work. I love what you're doing in real estate. I love what you're doing in the Brooklyn community. Um, You're just fantastic, sister, and you're such a queen, and we love you. Uh, Shaw, you know how I feel about you, bruh. It uh, it, it goes no bounds. Uh, I truly credit you solely for introducing me uh, to this aspect of our culture from a media standpoint, but not for you. Uh, me hosting Black News on Revolt probably would not be happening. And I, I'm aware of that and I'm grateful to you for that. Envy, um, you and what you represent for the culture, your family uh, is so beautiful. Your leadership and your family model is beautiful and powerful to me. And, and I just appreciate y'all. What you guys stand for in the culture it's invaluable. So, love y'all. Love Welcome y'all to See you too. All right, Envy. It's about time. What's
2: going on? Yeah.
7: The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
3: Well, Trevor Noah interviewed Joe Biden on his daily social distancing show. And amongst the things they talked about was what are some of the fears that Joe Biden has in the upcoming elections. Here's what he had to say.
0: My single greatest concern, this president's going to try to steal this election. This is a guy who said that all mail-in ballots are fraudulent, voting by mail, while he sits behind the desk in Oval Office and writes his mail-in ballot to vote in the primary?
6: Uh, Duh. Yes. I've been saying that. We don't even know how Donald Trump won in 2016, and it's the same exact scenario now. Hillary was leading all the polls in double digits. Members of the GOP were saying they don't support Trump. You had Mm -hmm. Russian interference, voter suppression, voter depression, because people weren't enthused about Hillary, and we're facing all those same things this year. So, yeah. That's why when I hear Democrats say the only way to beat, beat that is to have the largest voter turnout in U.S. history, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, hope is not a strategy. How are you going to make that happen? You got to make that happen. Lean into your base. Your base is black people. Add a black woman running mate, come up with a radical police reform policy, radical criminal justice reform policy, and atone for America's original sin, which is slavery, goddammit, with reparations.
3: Another thing that they discussed was Joe Biden, as you know, is not, does not want to defund the police. And here's what he had to say about defunding the police and what he does think should happen.
0: I don't believe peace should be defunded, but I think the conditions should be placed upon them where departments are having to take significant reforms relating to mm-hmm. the we should set up a national use of force standard. If they don't sign on to it, then in fact they don't get any of the federal money. In addition, that they have to demonstrate that they'll release all the data that relates to misconduct by police, that all has to be sent to the Justice Department. If they don't send it to the Justice Department nationally, they don't get funding.
6: I, I just think they need to change the word defund since the word defund is um
3: Absolutely
6: is i is, 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 don't is, understand is, is that such word.
0: hmm Yeah,
6: because I get it. Well, the definition really take...
3: is to take away the funds. So that's what it is, I is get that it. if people and, and some people are saying they want to dismantle the police department and defund the police department. Some people are saying no, we want to reallocate that money. So that's what's confusing.
5: Yeah,
6: exactly. And that's what, exactly what it is. It's a reallocation. You're taking up money from them big-ass police budgets and putting it back into the community. It's really a simple concept. They just need to come up with a better way to, I guess, frame it.
3: Right. And, and there's also different people who want different things. So you just have to be, I think, very specific because then people hear these huge talking points and then it's not broken down. Right. All right. You'd be
4: a
6: fool to want to abolish the police or disband the police. Like you need some type of law and order. I just think you need police officers from the community that understand the community. That's what I think you
5: need. Police
6: reform. Right. And they
3: do have some places where they did dismantle a whole police department. So that's also what's confusing because then people are bringing that up and they're like, oh, well, this worked in this town in Jersey. So this could work somewhere Mm -hmm. else. And that's really what it is. So different people are asking for different things. So it's important to be specific with what your ask is. All right. Beyonce is reportedly set to sign a $100 million Disney deal, which is huge. And they're saying she's been a major player for Disney and she's a perfect fit for the brand. She voiced Nala in The Lion King and she's working on a number of different projects for them. She's going to be voicing Nala in the reboot of the, uh, well, besides that, they're also uh, trying to secure her for some more projects as well. She'll be on the soundtrack for the Black Panther 2 movie Mm -hmm. that's coming out in 2021 and two additional blockbusters. And she's also providing music for a Disney film soundtrack. So they're saying she could also continue her work as a voice actress.
6: Yeah, I saw one of Beyonce's rep deny that. Uh, yeah, they denied that yesterday. yesterday. I wonder why. I wonder, oh, well. I wonder why. Like, I wonder why they would deny. I mean, it's not, because it's not like it's
4: bad news. Yeah, like, but you know
3: maybe what? they are in no, talks. Maybe then, they want
4: more money. You know what I mean?
3: And it also is that she, they're not saying that she has signed the deal. They said that she's in talks about it. So maybe they're denying that deal is done. I don't know.
6: Oh, the rep denied it. The rep denied it. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. The Wendy Williams show has been renewed for a 12th season. So congratulations to her. She said, I want to go. You know, she's been wanting to go back and do the show. Right now, they're not on the air, obviously. Right. She's been dealing with her Graves' disease, but they have already decided to renew that show, even though they're on hiatus right now.
6: We're dropping the clues bombs from Wendy Williams. That's good. I'm glad that Wendy's still getting her money. Shout out to Wendy. Wendy. Still getting her money. I'm sure she'll have DJ Suss one on there a few more times, getting his check, you know? So salute mm-hmm. to them. Suss one DJ on there, too? Yeah, Suss 1 done
4: been on Wendy a couple times. You ain't never seen Wendy on there lusting over Suss 1? No. Nobody love her from Suss 1. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just, they, you know, they're, they're the same height and, because and, I think she's like 6'2", 6'3". He's like 6'2", 6'3".
8: They
4: would be a great couple.
6: I'm not, yeah. I'm, I, I really think, I really, and I'm not even joking. I think DJ Suss 1 and Poo Wendy, with, Wendy Pool would be That'd a be good dope. couple. That's right. Suss 2 and Wendy Poo. No, the pools, the pools. We need I to like make the that. pools happen. Yeah, I like, poo and Wendy poo. I like that. Sussy and Wendy I like, is, I like that. Let's, Let's put make that make together. That Wendy, yes. Wendy's Wendy's birthday is next month. Wow. She's a cancer like I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can make 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 something happen. Make something official happen between DJ Suss One and Wendy Williams. I like Sussy that. Sussy poo and Wendy
4: poo. The pools. Poo I like that. I like, I like yes. that. Now you're thinking. I do. I do. I like that. I do. All right. Well,
3: there you go. I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. See, there you, you ain't go. never
6: seen Suss 1 on Wendy's show when Wendy, Wendy be making Suss come from behind the DJ booth and walk like a runway model? Really? she be like, come over here, Suss. Walk for me.
7: What? You never seen that? Wow. No, I never oh, seen that. Oh, man.
6: It's it's so adorable. Oh, my goodness. That... Suss be having his nice first day at school outfits on. That's Drop wow. on Bomb for DJ Suss 1. Drop, drop on the Clues Bomb for the Pools. That's right. That sounds like royal right. love Susie right there. Sussie Poo and Wendy Poo. I, I, think, like, I like it. I like, I, I I like
4: the energy between them. All right, now uh when we come back, who you giving that donkey to, Charlemagne?
6: I don't know, man. I'm be honest with you. I'm just in here pretending to be happy this morning. So okay. I'll figure it out.
4: All right, and uh don't forget next hour we do Ask Ye. So you can get on the phone lines right now, 800 585 1051 If you need relationship advice, hit ye right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good
1: morning. You donkey You
8: dumb ass. You are a donkey. The donkey of the, day. donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eyes.
4: They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlamagne to tap these gloves.
1: Let's go. They have to make a judgment <laughs> of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yes. It's
6: a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Donkey of the day for Thursday, June 11th, goes to Bob Harrigan and his wife, Tamara. Is it Tamara or Tamara? I never heard a white woman named Tamara or Tamara, but if you don't know who Tamara is... She's the latest Karen caught on camera harassing people who are not the same honky colored hue as her. Okay, this human jar of Hellman's had the nerve to make a racist comment to a young lady by the name of Karina Rodriguez. Drop on the clues bombs for Karina Rodriguez.
0: Okay, let's go to KPNX NBC 12 to hear what happened. Now, a husband is apologizing after a racist tirade by his wife went viral. I'm
5: born. Where were you born, I'm born. I'm born in America? Where are your ancestors
3: from?
0: You're They're going, not from this country. You're going back
3: to Mexico. You better go back you to where your you're from. You just know. You, you just walked in you just <laughs> my Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you deserve
0: it. Greg Kahn captured the now viral confrontation on camera at a super pumper gas station near 7th Street in Greenway. IN NORTH PHOENIX.
10: ARE YOU THE MANAGER? YES. yes. Right. You NEED a, you need a lead. WE'RE NOT SERVING YOU. do SERVE Here. HER. Yeah. You not Don't her. SERVE it's HER
0: RACIST. THAT WAS KARINA'S RESPONSE TO TAMARA. TAMARA'S HUSBAND NOW ADMITS HER REMARKS ARE UNACCEPTABLE AND IS APOLOGIZING TO KARINA, THE WOMAN ON THE RECEIVING END OF THOSE RACIST REMARKS. SEE, BOB SAYS HIS WIFE IS NOT THE MANAGER AT THE GAS STATION AND CLAIMS SHE HAS SUFFERED FROM AN UNDIAGNOSED MENTAL ILLNESS that she has refused to get treated for more than a year. Y'all remember that story, right? See, our forever first lady Michelle
6: Obama says, when you go low, we go high. Well, your uncle Charlotte says, when they go low, take it to the floor with them, especially in regards to matters of racist rhetoric. Okay, you call me a racial slur, I'ma call you one back twice, all right? You put your hands on me, I'ma do what Karina Rodriguez did and slap the mayonnaise out your mouth. Not if you're a woman, of course. My wife would do that, but if you are a male, uh, of the white race, you're getting these melanin-covered mittens applied to your nose bone if you approach me with some type of racist slur, okay? Now, Tamara got smacked, and she did what most racist Karens do after instigating a situation and then suffering consequences from it, and that's played a victim. <laughs> now, Tamara's husband, Bob, was on Fox 10 in Phoenix, and he decided to apologize for his wife's Tamara's behavior. Let's, re- let's, let's hear what Bob had to say.
5: Karina, I don't know what to say. I'm just so sorry. I'm just so sorry that this happened. You never walked into that store thinking something like this was going to happen. I I understand it. I'm so sorry for what she said. It was very hateful. It was, it's indefensible. But I I just have to tell you this, it's her mental illness. A year ago, she would never have done, never have even thought of that. I'm going to tell you
6: something. I believe him. Racism is a mental illness. It has to be. Yes, it's, it's a learned behavior as well, but I do think there's some learned behaviors that can drive you crazy, okay? Because a lot of learned behaviors just aren't healthy, and racism is one of them. Just think about racism, the pure definition of racism, prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. You simply don't like someone. You simply look down on someone because of what they are because of what they were born as. That doesn't seem like some sort of paranoid schizophrenia to you. Bob said he's not excusing Tamara's racist rant, but says her mental illness started a year ago because of a break-in at their home, and she says that uh, she de- he says she developed paranoia and signs of fabrication, and he hopes the slap video will be enough to convince Tamara to seek treatment for her issues. I need to know the race of the person who broke in her house. If the person was a white man, would she still be afraid? Would she still be paranoid? And if you are so afraid of people, why are you running down on them? If you're so afraid of a person, you stay away from them, not press them. You social distance from them when you're afraid of them, okay? You don't run up on them in stores and call them racial slurs. Now, Bob, once again, said he hopes to slap is the wake-up call Tamara needs, and that's the way life works. So I want everyone out there listening to me to be wise and not just smart, be wise. Because smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So either learn from people like Tamara, or life might have to slap you in the face to get your attention. Please let Kathy Griffin give Tamara Harrion the biggest hee-haw.
2: Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. <laughs>
6: All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. Donkey. By the way, you I yeah, I just faked my way through Donkey today, though. I've been faking the whole show. I'm not in the mood. I don't yeah. feel like it. I honestly don't even uh, want to be here. But then again, I do want to be here. Because running your mouth is therapeutic, and... Uh I need at least a two hour therapy session today because it's very hard to discuss so much other meaningless stuff when you have heavy things on your mind. And I am highly confused this morning because yesterday I lost a good friend, a homie, a creative partner who goes by the name of Jasmine Waters, AKA Jazz Fly. And Jazz is someone who I spoke to a lot, not just spoke to, but leaned on, went to for support, went to for advice. She always knew the right things to say, she always had the realest, most meaningful things you know to say she did not waste words and I'm still downloading processing what happened yesterday and I, I haven't allowed myself the opportunity to fill feel my feels yet. I just want to encourage people to check on your strong friends often because usually your strong friends are the go-to, and when the go-to doesn't have anyone to go to, that can be a scary, lonely feeling. And strong friends, when you get checked on, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be perceived as weak. Weak is fleeting. We all get weak. That's why you have a tribe. That's why you have a village. Nobody will fall if everyone is each other's crutches. But please find someone to talk to if you haven't. Okay, if you haven't tried therapy, go. We all need a if you need a grief counselor, find one, psychiatrist, something. Just find someone to talk to, please. I don't care what you are going through on this planet, you are not alone. So R.I.P. to my my homie Jasmine Waters, aka Jazz Fly. And as I sit contemplating the meaning of life this morning, because when people close to you pass, you start questioning your own mortality and you start thinking about life and what does it all mean. And per usual, even though she's not here physically, Jazz Jasmine is giving me the answers. So listen to Jazz wax poetic about what she feels the meaning of life is.
1: I can't speak for anybody else. I think for me, I it's about figuring out who I am. That's been my process. Um, and for me, it came from a surrender moment. And from there, it has been a 10-year journey or so since. Um, and I think that that's where... I started to just sort of whittle away piece by piece. Oh, this is, I'm the person that like, I'm headed. I'm, they told me for years, don't touch the iron. And then when I was four, I walked into the iron and just laid my hand <laughs> on it and got three degree burns. Like I'm that person. So yeah. I'm the person that like needs to be, I need to figure out what I'm not in order to figure out who I am. And, and that's been a journey for me. But at the end of that was joy. You
6: got to find the joy. All right. I'll well, rest in it. peace. We'll Jazz, all find you
4: soon enough. And condolences uh, to you, bro, and, and definitely her family and friends. All right. Yes. All right. Up next is Ask Ye 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
7: What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee, 800 585 1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Mom. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real.
4: Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? This is Rob from the South
8: Side, of Jacksonville. Hey, what's your question for Yee? I'm trying to see how can I can kind of my baby mama about taking me off that childhood. Book.
3: Mm. Okay, so she's not willing to do that or you're or you're trying to figure out the steps of going to the court where you first got the child support well, I, order
8: and well I know the steps to the court, but it's like how do I explain to her, like, as far as being a black woman, like how stipulations on us black men about not being there for our child. Like my child, she's only three years old and I've been in her life since the beginning. And mm-hmm. the situation where my baby mama had, you know what I'm saying, got me put in jail. Because of the situation, I don't want to put it out. But she got me put in jail. I got out. I got a job. And now she put me on back child support. You know, I'm not mad that I'm on child support, but it's like back child support. You know what I'm saying? And I've been in my child's life since she was, from the beginning, she's only three. How do I get her to understand, you know what I'm saying, my point of view? I can't get a stimulus check. You know what I'm saying? I'm a central worker. I I have a pretty good job but I can't get any tax returns. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a black-owned business owner, but I can't because it's like I'm stuck. And she don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she really understands, like, what she did and how much it affects me and how much, you know what I'm saying, I really can't move now. And the whole reason why I want to move is because of my daughter.
3: I know you said you've been in your child's life, but have you been financially supporting since your child?
8: Yeah, since the beginning. I mean, okay. i since she you know what I'm saying? She's only three. Get so together, what you guys need to do is I
3: would, if I were, oh, you're in a different relationship, you said now?
8: Yeah, we're both in a different relationship. It okay. has, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's We're all cordial. It's never mm-hmm. any type of, you know, thing going on with us. But it's like me and my baby mama can never seem to see eye to eye. And it's all about the child. But it's like, to her, it's like she don't get that. It's like the only reason why I'm in this Why she put me in this predicament is because of how she felt, you know what I'm saying, before my daughter.
3: Why don't y'all try to compromise? Because I think a lot of things, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, compromise is always the best answer. So maybe there's a way that you guys can do just a written agreement with each other that you'll give her an extra certain amount of money or whatever per month until that's paid off if she'll take you off a court-ordered back support of child payment child support payments.
8: A written
3: written agreement? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just you and her. You have a written agreement. Somebody witnesses it. You can sign it and that will stand in the court. But that way she might feel more comfortable knowing that you'll do it. But that way she's taking you off of that back payments so that it's not in the court system so you can move and do what you need to do. Because I think that's a good proposition for you to come to her with. Maybe it's an amount right. that y'all agree on, and you'll say for the next, you know, two right. years, I'll give you an additional $300 or whatever additional that to add up to whatever amount y'all agree on if she will take off that court-ordered back child support.
8: All right. I mean, I try. I mean, I, I feel like I done tried it before, man. It, it's so hard for a black man, you know what I'm saying, especially the ones that are actually in their child's life, you know, so, I mean...
3: You proposed that compromise to her where you said I'll do this, but I just don't want it to be court ordered through the courts.
8: Right, but it, yeah, but it's like she—it's like she's scared that you know what I'm saying when she do that. Like I won't give her no money. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was—even when she put me on child support, when I got money, like the courts didn't even know. And at that time, I didn't even know that she put me on child support, and I was still giving her money. Money is not the issue. Money is not the issue. The issue is just the fact that she got me in. The court system.
3: I know, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think if y'all do just between y'all two a written agreement, get it notarized so she has it, she might be more comfortable knowing. And then if you breach that, then tell her she could put you back on and just make sure you handle your responsibilities.
8: 2804 All right, and I appreciate it. I heard you get that gas. I heard you order that gas. He
5: tried
6: to say it fast as hell. 2804. 2804. I
8: ain't mad right. at you, brother. Mm-hmm. Well, keep all hustling, right. and
3: I'm telling you, compromise. Just come to her with a solution. A lot of times we have issues. Take me off. This is stopping us, but here's a solution so that both of you can get what it is that you need.
8: Okay. I propose that, Edry. I appreciate all of y'all, man. I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate what y'all do for us, man, and y'all just keep doing it because, you know, that's what we need. We need a voice. You know, we need a voice. Okay,
3: all right. and let us know Thank what you, happens. King.
4: Ask ye. 800 585 1051 If you need relationship advice, hit ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
7: Here's some real what's advice you? with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye.
4: Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey, Katie. Hey, Katie. What's your question for ye? So I recently
5: got out of a ten year relationship. And it was very unhealthy for me and my kids. And towards the end of that relationship, I met someone and he was more of a friend. And now it's turned into more than that. But he's been hurt. So he's kind of like not able to receive love, I guess. And he's Mm -hmm. telling me that um, it's too soon for me to love him or too soon for me to try to have a relationship again after being hurt.
3: So he's saying he doesn't want to be in a relationship. You guys are just dating right now.
5: Right. Like, in a sense, you know how you can, everything that someone does shows love or shows compassion or whatever. Like, the way that he treats me or the things that he says
3: shows more than just dating. Right. So he's, he's treating you like you guys are in a relationship, but he doesn't want to make that commitment. Right. Well, first of all, I always feel like you can't, force people to want to be where you're at and and at least he's being honest with you, right, about how he feels. And so you can accept that and then work with him toward that and be patient because you've been through a lot as well. And I think sometimes when, you know, you're getting out of a 10-year relationship and you are used to being with somebody on a level that you guys are in something and that's your comfortable space, but you have to understand that everybody's not moving at the pace that you might want to move.
5: right. So do I give up and or do I just continue to be who I am and, you know, show that I
3: care? And Well, I don't think you should ever not be who you are. That's important. And I think you should continue to show that you care. And, but you, and you should also express where you want to be in your relationship. So you should let him know, look, this is what I would like. This is how I feel about you. Now, you're telling me that right now you're not in the space to be able to receive that. This is not what you want right now. And so I know I can't force that. And you know, you should see, how does he want to proceed? Is he fine with things just the way that they are with you guys acting like you're in a relationship and not being in one?
5: Mm.
3: Is he fine no, with that?
5: He kinda, well, he makes it seem like, you know, there's something to work towards. Like, it's never been like, okay, we're okay. just doing this and it's not going anywhere. But once it's like, once you tell him
3: that you care, he pulls away a little bit. And how long has it been? Um, going on seven months now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it takes people a long time. Like, he's been through some things where he has trust issues. Has he gotten any professional
10: help?
5: Um, not that I know of. I know that he's been out of a relationship for three years and pretty much been single. So I mm-hmm. think that he's more learning himself now than he is worried about, you know, like commitment. Right. And I think that's, that's one fine. Of the things that he tells me I need to do. <laughs>
3: Right. And he probably is also a little nervous because you are coming off of a 10-year relationship. So he doesn't want to be a rebound situation and then get his feelings hurt. Right.
5: True.
3: I think you just have to be patient, and I think you should continue to show him the love that you show him. He treats you well, right? Oh, yeah,
0: definitely.
3: Is he seeing other people? No. And you guys have had that conversation, and he doesn't intend to and doesn't Mm -hmm. want to. Right. Okay, I think that you just have to be a little more patient and understanding of his situation. He's probably also a little nervous about you and he wants to make sure that you're serious because, like I said, he might look at it like, well, she's really comfortable being with someone. They did just break up. It was 10 years. That's a long time. I don't want to make myself vulnerable. And until he feels like he can make that happen, you know, I think it's it's probably difficult for him as well. And so sometimes people also are scared of just, saying that they're in a relationship even though they act like they are too. Right. Thanks. You know, so I think that if you're happy right now with everything else except you don't have that title, then I think it's worth you pursuing this further as long as he's treating you really well right now and you feel like he, in his head, is working towards that. He's just not there yet. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, enjoy it. All right. I appreciate it. No problem, Katie. Good luck.
4: All right, thanks. All right. Ask ye 800-585-1051. Now you got rumors on the way, ye?
3: Yes, and since we're talking relationships, let's talk about somebody who says that when she first met her now husband, she thought he was arrogant. And now look at where they are.
4: All right. We'll get into that next. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The
7: Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
3: Well, Alicia Keys is on the cover of InStyle magazine. And one thing that she talked about in her interview was how when she first... Well, before she started dating Swish, she thought he was just arrogant. She said she had read an interview where he talked about writing many of his best songs in 10 minutes. And she herself would spend days obsessing over every chord progression. So she told her friend, of course he does his songs in 10 minutes. Have you heard his songs? But then the two of them eventually met And she said, we got in the studio And started working together She said, we literally made a song in 10 minutes And I was like, "Ah, ish She said, his style wasn't about haste or carelessness But inspiration and tapping into a place That's all feeling and emotion and spirit So that's when they started dating
6: It clearly worked (laughs) Shout out to the 10 minute
4: man, Swiss beats
3: I don't don't, think
6: he would
4: like like that one The 10 minute man
3: (laughs) She said, I also began to understand that my humility was sometimes a mask for self-worth issues. I would say, oh, I don't need much. I only need a little bit and I'm fine. She said, I was kind of cutting off my blessings, but I started to recognize I have this wrong. So she said, they have a tradition where they try to outspoil each other with extravagant surprises on their birthdays. And she said, I can remain totally humble, but I don't have to cut off the wonderful things that I deserve. That's dope. Yeah.
4: That's a great way of thinking of it. And you should spoil a person that you wish you love, them. why not?
3: All right, now in other relationship news, Stevie J says that he and Faith are still together, even though she had gotten arrested for domestic violence. And he set the record straight about things. He said, that's my wife, and I love her. I'm not going anywhere. God's got us. And there's video of them, and she's like, all mine. So it looks like the two of them, whatever happened back then, we don't know what went down, but Mm -hmm. they are still together for people who thought maybe they weren't. Now, Sephora has says they will dedicate 15% of shelf space for black-owned brands, and they're taking that pledge. They're the first major retailer in the U.S. to take the 15% pledge. That's a movement that started earlier this month with demonstrations after the death of George Floyd and a national conversation about race inequality. So that pledge calls on Sephora, Target, Whole Foods, and ShopBop to make that commitment. Now, the person who actually created that is Aurora James, and she's the creative director of a Brooklyn-based accessory company called Brother Vellies. She said it's about a long-term commitment to the Black community. Starbucks, in the meantime, is closing up to 400 stores to try to shift to a more takeout strategy. So they're going to do that over the course of the next 18 months in the U.S. and in Canada. And at the same time, they'll be adding carry-out and pickup locations only. Makes sense. And the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, says that they're going to make Juneteenth an official company holiday for their U.S. workers. So can we that's that? going to happen. Well, we don't work at Twitter, but we well, should. I, can we get
4: that? Well, we could. We could. take off. We could take off. We could definitely Good. take off. Okay.
6: I think I it's on, think on a.
3: It. Oh yeah, no, June ninth. Friday. Yeah. It's on a Friday. Yep,
6: it's yeah, on a Friday. Mm-hmm.
3: I think that's a Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. Um, Something that they do for all of his companies. He has Square, you know, Twitter Mm -hmm. and so forth. So he said, we will do the work to make those dates company holidays everywhere where we are present. All right, and last... uh, Oh, and Iggy Azalea Azalea has confirmed that she has a son. Everybody was talking about when she was pregnant, and, you know, she's with Playboy Cardi, so now she has finally confirmed the news. She wants people to know it wasn't a secret. She said, I kept waiting for the right time to say something, but it feels like the more time passes, the more I realize I'm always going to feel anxious to share news that giant with the world. I want to keep his life private, but I wanted to make it clear he's not a secret, and I love him beyond words. So that's your child. You have the right to... Announce whatever you want, whenever you
6: want. Exactly. Drop on the clues bombs for young Iggy Azalea. Son. Yeah, congratulations to them.
3: All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
6: Y'all, y'all not going to talk about the trouble that we got into yesterday? What
3: trouble? Oh, interviewing Russell What's Simmons. That?
6: Did we get in trouble? I was to say, listen, I, I mean, people were upset, but here's the thing. Hmm. Um, I just want to say to every single one of those young ladies, they have the right to be heard. They have the right to be listened to. They have a whole documentary out on HBO Max. What's the name of the documentary? On, on, the the record. Record? on the Record. On the Record. I've seen them do interviews a few places. They are free to come to the Breakfast Club, even though no publicist reached out to us to book them. Okay? But if they did, right. we wouldn't deny them because clearly we don't deny anybody. All right? Well, right. And Russell uh, explain the process like of the to, Breakfast Club if you like when like artists to, come to, up here.
3: Yeah, normally a publicist reaches out or sometimes people reach out themselves to our producer. But a lot of times it also happens where my booking email is on my, all of my social media pages so people can email there. And if any of the women want to come on, and I said this while we were off there yesterday, we should have them on the show, but we didn't reach out to Russell Simmons for him to come on. Exactly. They reached out to us. And that's how it, it happens most of the time with our guests. So we are 90,
6: definitely open. 90, 95% of the time it's a PR person or publicist from or a the network artist themselves. Or, yep, absolutely. or the artists themselves reach out, okay, Russell Simmons PR reached out, uh, and of course we would have Russ on. Why? Because he has allegations. He hasn't been charged with anything. He hasn't been convicted of anything. It's allegations, and there's always two sides to every story. The same way they can tell their story, those young ladies, Russell can tell his story. And media outlets would definitely have him on. Oprah would talk to Russell Simmons. Gail King would talk to Russell Simmons. CNN, MSNBC would talk to Russell Simmons because that's what media outlets do. So yes, if any of those women want to come on Breakfast Club, they can.
3: Interviewing somebody's not a cosign for them either, by the way. People were saying, oh, would y'all have interviewed Harvey Weinstein? Absolutely. I would love to hear what he has to say about everything because I also think that what he says some people look at it and say okay he did that some people might look at it and be like okay I can understand Where, however you look at it you look at it but it's not us trying to say he's innocent that's definitely not what that's about at all I don't know
4: about
6: Harvey I don't know about Harvey I (laughs) I would be here for I don't know I don't know if I would want to interview Harvey Weinstein he's been convicted uh he's he's even admitted his guilt right I think I don't think I, would right, I don't think know know he admitted to Because you also joke, never know. You ever
3: know. You never know what people might say though. And people say things that That's incriminate true. themselves all the time in an interview. As a matter uh, of fact, when people criticize Oprah for not interviewing Harvey, she said she wanted to and reached out, but he wouldn't do any interviews.
6: That is true. I remember that because I remember his lawyer, I think his lawyer did an interview with with Oprah or something mm-hmm. like that. or with Gail. Some his lawyer talked to either Gail or Oprah. I'm not sure. I don't know if I would and sit they, down with Harvey. I don't know. Russell's a little different because. Of Russell's background in hip-hop and the fact that, you know, it's, it's just allegations, you know. He hasn't been charged. He hasn't been charged, right.
4: He hasn't been arrested. He hasn't yeah. been convicted. Yeah, well, anyway.
6: I don't know. All but right. listen, well, once again, uh, those women are more than welcome to come, but you your PR gotta reach out. We didn't reach out to Russell. His PR Or you can, so they can reach thing. out
3: direct. If you don't have a publicist, reach out, but send an email or even a DM and say, hey, I want to see if I can get booked on the show. And then what happens is we'll send you our producer's information and then he will schedule the time.
4: Simple as All that. Right. All right. Well, shout to a revolt. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here we are the Breakfast Club. All right. Now, rest in peace to Jazz Fly. Now, uh, Charlamagne, just, just tell people who Jazz Fly was and, and what she meant to you, what she meant to this world, what she meant to our industry.
6: Jazz Fly is um, someone who I used to call the oracle, uh, because whenever I had a difficult decision to make or um, you know needed some advice on something, she just always had the right words to say. Not just the right words, but real words, and it was things that you could actually apply to your life, apply to your situation, and it would it would it would benefit you. And um, she was just a, a good friend, a good friend, a confidant, um, a wartime, as she, was she, wartime, consigli- what's that word? Wartime conciliare, conciliare, I, I, I can't remember the word. Consigliere. I used to always mispronounce it. Yeah, consigliere. I used to always mispronounce it. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't know. I just, I, I just, she was a great person, a great human being. And this has been a very difficult morning. Yesterday was very difficult, getting that phone call yesterday, and hearing that news, I have not uh, fully processed it at all. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit. But rest in peace to
4: Jasmine Waters. Well, again, sorry for your loss. And definitely rest in peace to Jazz Fly. Yes. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning, Good morning. everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right. Um, shout to Ebony K. Williams for joining us this morning.
3: Yes, appreciate her point of view.
4: Mm-hmm. Always. Salute to Ebony K. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note?
6: Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to simply say, avoiding certain people to protect your emotional mental health is not weakness, it's wisdom.
9: Breakfast club, bitches! You all finished or you all done?